This morning we are going to read the scripture first as we prepare our hearts and minds for communion. We're uh, reading the story of the wise men from Matthew 2. So I invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew 2, 1 through 12, as we ready our hearts for communion. Matthew 2, starting at verse 1. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. When we had our baby Olivia, it was interesting who came to visit, both in the hospital and when we got home. There were some that we expected to visit and many that we did not. And it was touching to us when people showed up and said how much that they'd been praying for us, that they just needed to see her, that they just wanted to hold her, and they just wanted to praise God for being so faithful to give us such a gift. I feel the same way now when I go to the hospital. Proud, tired parents who usually feel like they've been through a marathon. It's a time of joy and wonder as we think about who the child will grow up to be, what kind of life they will have, And we give thanks to the one who has created such hope through something so small. Today we mark Epiphany, the season of the church calendar where we celebrate the divinity of Jesus revealed by God the Father, manifested as a baby. It was shown to these wise men from the east that a new king had been born and they were urged to go visit. This child born in Bethlehem would grow up to be a ruler says Matthew, who would shepherd the people. And clearly, not just the people of Israel, but all nations as symbolized by these who wanted to honor God by bringing an offering of gifts. There are three ideas here I want us to briefly pay attention to as those who have come this morning who still seek to honor the Lord as we are still and listening 
to such a rich passage in anticipation of communion, I want us to focus in on how God revealed to the Magi three things that he wanted them to know and what that means for us. What we see here is an intertwining of divine revelation through outward signs, scripture, and the Holy Spirit. And what we learn again in this passage is how much we have a God who wants to be known. We have a God who wants us to know him and invites us in different ways to follow him and helps everyone who is serious about seeking truth to be able to find him. So the first idea is that the Magi watched the signs to see where God was working. The word Magi literally means magician, and it originally referred to a priestly order in ancient Persia. While perhaps not kings, we don't know, they probably served in a royal court of some kind. Clearly, like many in the world at that time, they were believers in the study of the stars. Now, speculations have been made about what could have been going on in the sky for that long to have a bright star shine. And there's evidence that there was something happening, and I encourage you to look that up because it's pretty interesting. But these men were taking the star to mean that the creator was showing the world that he was doing something new. They looked at the star and they said, wow. The one who made the stars is at work, and he wants us to go and to follow. This is about watchfulness. This is about looking at the world and events and trends and seeing what God wants us to see at the spiritual realm, not just the physical realm, not just what we can see and hear, but to look underneath Or look on top of and see what it is that God is doing. It is believing that God still performs signs and wonders so that people will receive him. Jesus told his followers in Luke and in Matthew that when it gets close to his return, there's going to be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. He said that nations will be in anguish and there's going to be a great roaring of the sea an increase in earthquakes and natural disasters and famine. And he said, stay alert, my people. Watch, pray. People are going to be terrified and they're going to start turning away from me, but not you. Listen and trust me and know how much I love you. Be diligent to tell other people that I am coming soon. I was thinking that we all need to continue to pray for strength so that we know how to live in an increasingly difficult world. The Magi got to see pure goodness from God. We too long for this. We get glimpses of it. We see beauty and hope. Our souls are encouraged at different points along the way. We see the hand of God working. We experience his presence in our daily lives. But in this new year, may we continue to seek the goodness of God. The second is that scripture confirms God's revelation. The wise men could have been exposed to Old Testament prophecies from Jewish colonies that were situated along the east when they were in exile. 
Because many Jewish believers remained religiously distinctive, people like the Magi and other Gentiles were exposed to Jewish teaching and prophecy. When they arrived at the king's court, Herod knew nothing about it. So he gathered his religious leaders and scribes, and they confirmed, yeah, the scripture supports what these guys say, that there was a ruler that is supposed to come out of Bethlehem. Scripture given to us from God needs to be listened to if we are to find what it is that we seek. This is an affirming narrative as it relates to the Magi. But I think that it's sad how clueless and apathetic the chief priests and the scribes are. They who know what the prophecy says do not go out for themselves to see what it is that God might be doing. This is heartbreaking. We understand Herod's actions as we continue to read. We know he's evil, that he just wants the the Magi to do the work of finding the child for him so that he might destroy the child. But I'm mystified by those who can quote scripture, who can know it and yet not follow it. For all of the knowledge that these leaders had, they missed the coming of Messiah in their time because they were not moved to action by God's word. In this new year, we need to think about what kind of followers we are. What do we do with the vast Bible knowledge that we have been given? Sometimes we can know what the word says about how it is that we're supposed to live in relation to God, to others. We can understand scriptural holiness and then completely ignore it. Life with God is not about knowledge. It's about practicing his love and his truth in action. If we can quote what it says, but it has not led us closer to God, then we need to rethink how it is that we're living. God gave us his word so that we might act on what he wants from us. So where are we not living what we know to be true from Scripture? The third is that the Holy Spirit guides those who seek him. There was a belief in the first century in the surrounding areas that a ruler would come from Judea. In fact, there are writings from around this time from different sources that are not Jewish that portray this truth. We see it here. God speaking to those who are not part of his covenant people, leading them by his spirit to Bethlehem to meet the new king. There are some who believe that only those who are saved can hear the Holy Spirit. But since salvation comes from God to people, then he must be speaking all the time to those who don't believe. How is it that we first hear how it is that we're supposed to find him? This shows us that God speaks to all people and invites them and draws them close so that he might know his truth in a variety of ways. He gives discernment to the wise men. They knew to go, they knew God was speaking, and they went to the logical place to find the king by going to see the current ruler. I wonder if it was strange to them that Herod had no idea what they were talking about. I wonder if they noticed how terrified he was at their words. I wonder if it was weird to them that no one had any interest in what they were saying or wanted to tag along with them. When they find the babe, it is a sweet scene as they kneel down in awe. 
God had been leading them. This was the confirmation that they were waiting for as they walk into this scene. As they go, Jesus now would have been about two. And the gifts that they offer the family will help Mary and Joseph because now they're going to have to flee for their lives when Herod goes on a rampage to get rid of any boy who might grow up to take his place as king. Being warned in a dream about Herod's intentions, the wise men go the long way home, still being led by the Spirit. God shows us daily how to live by his Spirit. He instructs us when we do wrong, when we need to reach out and help someone, when we should avoid certain people or situations. He assures us of his presence when we are unsure, and he gives us what we need as individuals and as his church. This is not magic. This is the Holy Spirit, and he will lead those who earnestly come to worship him. So how is God leading you right now? How is he bringing you comfort and conviction? How is he telling you how precious you are as his child and how much he wants to use you to encourage those around you? How is he giving you wisdom to go a different way than the way you thought you were supposed to go? How could we all be listening to him in deeper ways? Bethlehem means house of bread. That seems fitting for us as we come to the table that the Lord himself has provided and prepared for those who earnestly seek him. No matter how long we have wandered, we have come to this place today to worship Jesus the King. Like the Magi, we seek the Lord And he leads us where we can find him. We are here to bring homage to God, just like the wise men. For the way that God has clearly intervened in our world, for how it is that he continues to do so. So we kneel down and we show our respect, understanding that we are in the presence of the most high God, the most powerful the most merciful, the most all-knowing ruler there has ever been. In the bread and the cup, we celebrate something that is bigger than we can fully comprehend. But what we do understand is that God has promised to meet us in this moment, that God has come in great love to live as one of us, to die for the sins that we confess to rise again and to offer new life to us. He welcomes us to his table now and always. So let us receive the invitation that he offers.